What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Part in the Disruption. Clearly, we're starting on time per usual. We're starting somewhere between 1130 and 1140 now these days. It is what it is. I am your host, Matthew Potter, excited to be here. I am your short sale guy, hedge fund connection, and co-founder of The Family Tree at Real Broker. Go ahead and reach out to me if I can help you grow your business in any way. Real quick, wanted to go ahead and give you guys our announcement that yes, Pardon the Disruption has grown up. It has its own YouTube channel, so go ahead and check it out on YouTube at Pardon the Disruption. And then also wanted to go ahead and share with everybody how we break things down around here. This is how it's done. We have five pre-selected questions that have very much been researched by everybody on our panel. They will each get 45 seconds, then chop it up for two minutes. After that, there will be a sixth question that comes from our audience. So go ahead and chime in in the chat. You can text us at 33777 with question. Go ahead and have your question featured and have everybody answer. We're going to start off with introductions with our reigning champion from last week. We have Chris C.J. Jefferson out of Richmond, VA. Hey, uh, it's good to be back. Um, you know, I love bringing the winner, the winning energy uh, to pardon. All right, Potter, it's always amazing to see you, my guy. Uh, EB, all right, good to see you as well. RJ, you know the vibes. Good to see you also. It's good to beat you another week. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing you get one point again. Uh, Steve, come on, man. You know you're my brother, man. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Let's get to it. Absolutely. We Next up, we have Steve Trang, uh, Disruptors. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors. Uh, we are out here to help solve people's sales problems. You guys need any help at all whatsoever, go to salesdisruptors.com. And I'm looking at the questions here, and if RJ doesn't win, it's just going to be a completely embarrassing situation since I'm looking at all the questions. I think they all came from him. So <laughs> if he doesn't win this week, I don't even know what to say as a reflection of his character. It, is that <laughs> amazing? Is that some foreshadowing for the Closers Olympics? I, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out, guys. All right. We will see. Back after like a two-week hiatus, um, getting Zen Mastery on us, we have Eric Brewer. Introduce yourself. Uh, happy to be here. I can clearly see that uh, I haven't lost my title as the, the most humble person on the panel. Um, um, by the way, I was laughing if you couldn't tell. Um, I couldn't remember uh, the last time I saw somebody do what Mitch McConnell done yesterday in a press conference. But every time I look at Steve now, I remember it's literally like every time he responds, it's like that like guy having mid-seizure blank stare on his face. So resident shout out, resident Mitch McConnell, Steve. <laughs> Who invited this guy? Oh, my God. Potter, any way you could do the intro before I get on the live feed would be awesome. Uh, it always <laughs> just ruins my mood. Um, RJ sent me a tree, uh, so I'm just going to glaze right over um, that guy. And uh, CG, CJ, uh, respectfully, a um, little disappointed I didn't see the hat. I gave the guy a super cool hat a couple weeks ago well, I got it. i'm getting a fit for it just wait all right, all right all right all right i got you i just wanted to make sure um anyway happy to be here looking forward to having fun uh eric apparently just went so hard that rj just disappeared right off the screen can i get a point like i should like, get a point I, actually, actually i think brewer should get a point for that one like i think that's never been done in history um next up yeah. apparently the like, internet is not working well in the I'm basement here. Oh, you are? Okay. Hey, all right. Introduce yourself, RJ. Uh, I'm here. I don't know what's happening. Uh, you'll see me. Eventually. Story of his life. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Eric, the reason why CJ's not wearing the hat uh, is because he's he's watching the hairline, man. He can't wear the Okay. So, uh, RJ Bates, Titanium Investments. I'm going to figure out why my camera's not working. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. Matt figured out how not to just hit the mute button, but the camera off button. There, so there we go. RJ's man. funnier with the camera off. I don't know <laughs> why. Our, RJ's never looked better on the show, and we we thank you for that, RJ. All right. Power's out That's at the cabin. We are going to pull out of the cabin. We're going to, oh, there we go. We're going to go ahead and get into it with question number one. 
Recently in college football, Pat Fitzgerald was fired from Northwestern over hazing, Jim Harbaugh is facing suspension over recruiting violations, and P.J. Fleck is under scrutiny for having a toxic environment at Minnesota. Do we have too high of expectations from organizational leaders to have immediate positive results instead of letting them truly build a strong foundation? Start us off, CJ. I, I think in the social media climate that we're in, you just have an abundance of people that have this transactional attachment to outcomes, right? It's like, as soon as I do something, I need to get the immediate outcome as a result. Uh, I think at the end of the day, if there's a lack of integrity for somebody on your team, somebody in your organization, as a leader, you got to clear that out, right? You got to cut that as immediately as soon as possible because it's going to impact you at some later point in time. Uh, but, you know, to build something great, to build something legendary, it takes time every time. So take the time. I apparently don't have working buzzers today. It's kind of standard operating procedure around here. Great insight, CJ. We do appreciate that. All right, Steve, start us or uh, go ahead and your turn. Answer. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if we as leaders necessarily have to, uh, uh, too high results. I think we probably all have different varying results, right? Some people want instant results. And if they want instant results, they're only going to get disappointed or they're going to have they're going to be so focused on results, they don't care how it happens, and they're going to burn through a lot of people. I think you have to have healthy expectations, right? If you're expecting an organization to win a college championship after three years with a new coach, you might not like some of the things that they're going to do in order to make that happen. I think a healthier perspective is, are we making significant progress every year? You know, you always hear in personal development, are you getting better 1% every year? I think maybe in college sports, are we getting better 10% every year, 20% every year? I think if you set those kinds of expectations seem a lot more reasonable than I demand to win a championship next year. You do whatever you got to do behind the scenes. I don't care. All right. All right. B building on CJ's there. I like where we're headed here. All right, Brewer. What about you? Go ahead and uh, throw your answer into the ring here. Yeah, I think um, two, two things. One uh, to CJ's point in the, in the, the realm of social media, this stuff that, that these guys probably got let go for been going on for 50 years. It's just now with social media, the word, uh, gets out quicker and there's evidence, right? It used to be speculation, but nobody had a cell phone that could record, uh, get caught in, in 4K, right? Now that happens every single day and we see people losing their jobs because of it. But the three reasons stated that these people lost their jobs was hazing, toxic environment, and recruiting violations. That's not even getting to the point of results, right? Like all three of those things are an indication of not building a strong foundation and that's never really going to lead to sustainable exceptional results. So the reasons these guys got let go are fundamental, right? Like at the foundation, they're not doing good jobs of building trust inside of their teams, trust in the people that pay to go watch these teams perform or the athletes. So um, no, I don't think there's an elevated or too high expectation of results. These guys just messed up. Awesome to have you back, bro. Just so you know, 45 seconds is still there. All of a sudden, the buzzer works now. Like yeah, no, Steve it works now. It does. Okay, it does. I got you. <laughs> All right, RJ, what about you? Hit the button. Yeah, excited <laughs> that uh, y'all can actually see me now. Um, I, I do think we have too high of expectations at times for, for immediate results. Um, but taking the, the point with Pat Fitzgerald, this guy went to Northwestern. And then when he was hired, it was due to the death of the, the coach of Northwestern. He became the youngest head coach in college football. My question here is, is the toxic atmosphere, the hazing that he had there at Northwestern, was that because that's what he was accustomed to the culture of Northwestern University being when he attended? And, and he didn't know any better. And I think this is where as like business owners, if we're hiring leaders underneath us, are we changing and adapting our culture as a company um, over the course of five to 10 years? Are we just maintaining where we are today? And it's the exact same in 2033. Because um, that's what I think Northwestern needs to look at. Um, the other two guys, I think they just made mistakes. And I think they'll, they'll be able to recover from them. Did the buzzer break? No, it didn't. It was Perhaps. just RJ. RJ was, you know, very insightful there. And Potter Potter lost interest in RJ's answer so much that he was <laughs> <laughs> while he was answering, and then lost track of time. Time flies when you're bored. 
I didn't know we were doing a dissertation today. I, I, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but, but seriously, on, on this note, though, I mean, I do think it's kind of crazy. CJ brought the social media world. I did some research on the PJ Fleck situation in Minnesota. It looks like this is just coming from <laughs> one, one person uh, from the University of Minnesota in the past uh, complaining, and it's right on the tail end of Pat Fitzgerald being uh, fired from Northwestern. So that social media realm of the news coming out and saying, hey, there's these terrible, awful things going on behind the scenes that you don't know about. I think CJ has a pretty good point that that plays a role in what happened here. You know, we have uh, Gino uh, Paloma. He's been on, the, on uh, Real Estate Disruptors. He's a, a young rock star. We were talking the other day, and he was talking about how like he felt bad for today's age because hazing happened when he was playing baseball growing up. And he specifically remembers <laughs> one day where someone threw a lock from across the locker room narrowly missed his head and there was a giant dent in the wall right like these things were just awful this whole time but now with you know the cameras being on like you know there's accountability in this and that so i, I think there's elements to, to awareness from from i, mean, from, uh, I think we got to give a little credit to, to to ourselves as a society is developing right like there are things that are not intended to last forever Right. Like just because hazing was around 15 years ago doesn't mean that it's OK today. And if it just wasn't for social media and cameras, uh, everything would go back to normal. There, there, there needs to be some type of evolution that happens in society. And I can tell you uh, hazing is probably one of those things. Right. Like I think there's an indoctrination process that new teammates may have to go through. Uh, when I started at the car lot back in the day, right, they'd, they'd clip your tie. You sold your first car and they would come by and, and cut your tie off, right? It's not quite at the hazing level. Hazing is barbaric. Um, it's physically not acceptable. And I think in a lot of situations, uh, it's mentally not right. So I, I get RJ's point about that's the culture, but a leader will change <clears throat> culture and he should have known what was good and what was bad and said, hey, this isn't going to happen on my watch. Because it's probably not just because of the hazing. There's more to it. Um, I'm trying to be as solid so. as a tree, by the way, uh, for the, the worst record. hazing I've ever seen is buying someone a tree. Like, I don't... That's, that's hazing, for sure. Did you have no... Sure. This thing has had such a positive, like, impact <laughs> in my office. Like, it just... There's oxygen. I breathe Brewers better. getting fresh oxygen. <laughs> you're saying, you missed the It's self-contained. Dude, and it's like a... you talking about the evolution, you should have brought up the tree. That was a missed opportunity on your part. Real quick, I, I just to go back, I think I dropped out for a second. You know, when it comes to expectations of positive results... Uh, of leadership, culture, what have you. We're in the transfer portal era, all right? Eric just hit it on the head, all right? You know, it's not, mm -hmm. this isn't in the 90s when the Bob Knight video comes out and everybody's like, oh my God, it's really true. He, he really is crazy and hitting his players. Like, no, this stuff's been happening for a long time. When you've got cultural issues, you've got, you've got mutual cultural issues. You've got uh, where a, a coach can't even actually stay anywhere. He's got to come in and win immediately to hold a job. That's that's the truth, right? He's not even given anymore. This is in every sport now, right? This is a big money business across the board. Winning makes money, all right? Winning makes money. From this the the kids perspective coming in, if these now that the portal's open and you can jump around, if you don't have a good season, if you don't get one on the depth chart, whatever, then you just skip and jump out the next year, go somewhere else and try to get a better result there. So it's just I think it's really toxicity in the culture of sports at the moment that would be a bad reflection when it comes to people's organizations. Shout out toxicity. I don't know if I can even say that. Like <laughs> toxicity. Say it again. Can you do it twice? Toxicity, man. Come on. We we learned that. Know, we learned. Have you not looked at our group chat? <laughs> like that is the definition of toxicity. I think You're Brewer's right, name was actually changed to toxicity in the chat. Easy, Pretty easy, sure. Easy. All right, all right. I I really like that round. That was some great insight. Love where CJ came at the end. Uh, I am gonna go ahead and award Brewer this uh this point this round. He's uh, clearly running away with the competition right now. Um, you know, over here creating the the culture of love and um, you know change evolution. No toxicity. 
That's right. right. Absence of toxicity. There we go. That's what I. That's what I like. But yeah, one of the other things uh, on this point that you that you talked about, CJ, accountability. There's not a lot of accountability anymore for the student athletes. They're just dipping, you know, halfway through a semester and they're just gone. So it's creating that immediate that immediate. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Instant gratification. There we go. Toxicity. That's that's <laughs> toxicity trying over there. All right. Next up, question two. With new build pricing leveling to that of existing home sales, what does this signal for the market as a whole? Start us off, Burr. I think you got to be aware of two things. Um, it's it's one of these two. Either new build home prices are remarkably low and there's room for it to climb, or existing home sales are way too high. Um, I would venture to say that it's probably existing home sales are too high, right? So if anything, you're you're, you're probably going to have to see they, they're not really going to be able to build new homes at less. Existing home sales, we have far more. You can sell that for for literally um, pennies on the dollar sometimes because people have owned those homes for 25, 30 years potentially. Uh, new home is, I mean, the cost of construction's um, higher than it's ever been. It's going to probably stay that way. Um, so I think it's an indication that existing home sales need to cool down a little bit. Um, that's my take on it. Great insight there. That's, uh, one of the things that's definitely being discussed right now. All right, RJ, what about you? What are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah. So I own a house here in Fort Worth, Texas that was built in the 2010 range. And I actually listed it for sale in 2017 for $190,000. Decided to keep it. Um, I'm doing a refinance on it right now and it appraised for 400,000. So the appreciation on that was 210,000 over the course of seven years. What also has happened is, is that there were new homes built since that one was built in the 2015 range to 2020 range. Now more in the 2023 range. At some point in time, that neighborhood gets capped. It used to be a $200,000 neighborhood. It can't go much more than a $400,000 neighborhood. So CJ talks about this all the time with the affordable housing. We are capping ourselves at some point. I agree with Eric that it's the existing home pricing is too high and the market is just capped in certain areas. That's why the pricing is essentially the same. There we go. We have PTD first times two. Number one, RJ giving a shout out to CJ on affordable housing and RJ actually agreeing with Brewer. Man, this show is going to be amazing. Great points, though, RJ. Absolutely great points. What about you, CJ? What are your thoughts? Look, I'm, you know, first, I think this is a core stat, right, that the feds are looking at uh, in, in kind of this measuring stick of, of moving inflation up and down uh, or the impact to inflation, rather. Uh, I think often when we have these conversations, we talk about inventory in the context of single-family homes. Unfortunately, we need to also take a look at the context of inventory when it comes to land and opportunities for developers in a challenging, tough market right now. Uh, you know, to, to pick up a piece of land and do development on a 200, uh, 200 planned home community, uh, how long is that period just entitlement, right? To get that thing prepped up and ready to go. What you're talking about, a two, three year phase? Uh, you know, that's going to make somebody really uncomfortable right now if you're a developer to take that level of risk at the moment. So, what happens is we're actually in a moment where home builders and developers are actually getting squeezed on inventory as well because less developers are bringing lots to market. And most people don't, I don't think, know this. Majority of home builders don't develop uh, their own lots. All right. They're buying lots that are already prepped and entitled, ready to be built on. So, you have an inventory squeeze that's taking place here as well, as well as this is what the Fed wants in, in terms of inflation. Great points on that, CJ. Um, definitely appreciate that. What about you, Steve? What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a little bit of cause for concern. Uh, new builds are generally a leading indicator, right? Like historically, they're, you know, 5% or more than regular resale market. So if they're pricing at that low and they have to move these properties because they did pay a premium, right, over these years for lumber and everything else, if that's what they think they can sell for, they can only sell it for what resale is selling for. I think that's a leading indicator that, uh, if nothing else, we've leveled out uh, as a as a real estate market. So, 
Uh, doesn't really affect us because we're really based off of transactions. But I think as far as the retail uh, market pricing, I think it's, it's a very strong indication that we've leveled out uh, in real estate values. I also think that this is uh, one of those stats that we we talked about this uh, when we were talking about appreciation. And there was a an article written by Forbes where it said, hey, you know, we think the pricing is going to increase by three and a half percent over the the rest of 2023 well that's a nationwide stat what does that mean for hawaii in comparison to kansas right those are two different markets i'm curious if a place like texas is potentially pushing this number down because of the amount of growth that we have and specifically in places like dfw massive amounts of growth tons of new construction going up but realistically it's new construction in comparison to a 2015 build 2018 build is really that big of a difference there between those houses is that the reason why it's leveled off pricing wise yeah there's no way that lasts right like how often do people look at assuming rj is correct we're not talking about homes built in the 70s being the same price as as a house that was that was built last year like no one in their right mind is going to look at that house and go yeah i think i'll go with the 40 year old house rather than the brand new home with a warranty right unless the taxes are, are, are a really big deal, right? Like the assessed value on that house, the taxes could be three or $4,000. So, you know, I think this is like a lot of these statistics that come out in the media, you know, CJ said that it's a, an indicator. They look at this, they like to talk about it um, as a potential, you know, a potential like, Hey, things are cooling off. But anytime you take one piece of data and you try and interpret it without the full context, I think it's super dangerous to try and make strategic decisions based off it. It's one little thing. Right. There's a, there's a couple different moving uh, parts to that. Um, but over time, that's going to start to balance back out. People aren't going to pay the same price for an old house as they are brand new construction. I think to, to mention, too, uh, you know, for for quite some time. Right. We were in the uh, and, and shout out to RJ. Right. Uh, we were in the wood panel and burgundy and beige era of home building uh, for quite some time. Right. Uh, as we shout out to RJ for sure on the decoration. So as we entered into this era in the 2010s, right. Post great recession. Uh, what was it, man? It's, and it, cause it's still the same today, right? It's, it's all white cabinets, right? It's all gray paint. Right. And so what's, here's what actually happened, right. In the, in the time frame from 2010 to now, guess what actually really happened? Home builders saw, that you couldn't cookie cut or Ryan Homes it anymore. You couldn't just throw a house together for as cheap as possible, 70 cents tile, uh, the cheapest toilet, because home renovators of existing homes were putting pressure on home builders, like my like me myself as a renovator. We were putting top edge designs that that home builders that were doing production production couldn't even meet, couldn't even touch. So what did they do to compete? They've now tried to increase the design level of new construction starts. But if I'm a consumer, at some point, those things start to look the same, especially when I don't have the 1970-80 to Eric and RJ's point concerns around the, the integrity structurally of the home, the condition, things of that nature. That was uh, that was a good round. I'm glad to see everybody brought some uh, A game there. Did um, Steve go? Did Steve answer? Steve did answer. Yes. <laughs> could you could you uh, recite one thing or point that he made? I, are you sure, yeah. Steve? Did you go? Yeah. So so Mitch, so it's Mitch's so Mitch that we have a new panel for part of the disruption. <laughs> we're looking. Shout for out to the new panel. Respectfully, respectfully, we're looking for new applicants. Mitch McConnell. <laughs> you leave my man Mitch alone. He did answer. I'm going to um, post a, 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 a meme of Mitch today and tag Steven. You guys will die. Outstanding. Um, for the for the extremely deep dive on that and the good insight, I am going to go ahead and award the point to CJ on that. But everybody did come with great points on that. RJ did. Steve, Steve's one-liner did. Brewer, as always, we love everything that you say and the fact that you bust everyone's chops. We appreciate it. Uh, uh, all right. Next up question. Number three with Barbie turning the world pink with its worldwide marketing blitz. I can't believe RJ made this question. What is the most Barbie creative marketing? 
you have done for your business. <laughs> Start us off, CJ. Uh, it's funny, Steve and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. I, I, look, I think the most creative thing I've done marketing-wise is just be myself. You know, I think that people, you know, they go out, they start doing deals, they want to be marketers, they want to sell courses, they want to make digital money. And you know, let's be honest, right? Digital money can be a good business. And they try to conform and fit into the boxer narrative that's been painted by somebody else. It's like, oh, I want to be Ryan Pineda. Oh, I want to be Pace Morby. Oh, I want to be Max Maxwell. Oh, I want to be Sean Terry. Or just maybe just be yourself and market yourself as who you are and what you are and what you believe uh, and resonate with the people uh, that resonate with you. I think as far as the Barbie piece of it, uh, shout out to RJ, we're all girl dads here, I believe, right? And I think part of that is understanding the fact that, uh, and because let's respectfully, all right, let's just be honest, okay? Uh, I think we could all could acknowledge and admit the moments uh, where it's on us to watch the kid. And it's like, oh, all right, yeah, let me grab the Barbies. Let's let's do dollhouse. Like, let's play with the Barbies. Let's do dress up. Hey, Dad, can I put the makeup on you? All right. So marketing is marketing and branding is branding. When you merge the two together, you can go very far. The thought of everybody on this panel wearing makeup right now is absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. The visual, I'm just, I'm dying based off that. Thank you for that, CJ. All right, Steve, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I was going to say putting together a panel of people for part of the disruption, but after today, I'm going to change my answer. Uh, so the one behind that, I would say, is your home sold guarantee or I'll buy it. You know, that was what I used to build up my realtor business, how we, were be how we became top performing realtors and how I got into wholesaling. Right. Like I started buying people's houses because they wanted the guaranteed cash offer today, nine hundred twenty days. So. The thing that got the phone to ring the absolute most was sending out direct mail, uh, doing PPC, your home sold guarantee or I'll buy it. That, that has made the single biggest impact uh, uh, for uh, residential sales or buying people's houses. So your home sold guarantee or I'll buy it. I'm pretty sure Steve's actually just going to cook those writers over to me. I'm going to start throwing them on all our listings. I love it. All right. What about you, Brewer? Um, you know, so I think this is uh, this is some recency bias here. That may have been something that we've done creative along the way, but um, I think everybody on this panel uh, is constantly trying to innovate, right? So the most recent thing we've done, we've been on TV for about five years. And it used to always be me like screaming at the, the, the camera and it was kind of like a used car commercial and it worked, right? We got great results from it. And uh, I had a, a team member one day that was like, hey man, like, did you ever think maybe the commercial is a little intimidating? I'm like, no, but what do you mean? She said, well, you know, 40% of our customers are women over the age of 60. Like, what do they think about some big bald headed dude like shouting? I said, I don't know. She's like, I think we should get a woman in the commercial. And over time, as we talked about it, I became, I was not the focus of the commercial. I was in there, but it was all about my mom. We brought my mom who's over the age of 60. She's like five foot zero, very, she's like the absence of, of intimidating, right? And now we've been running that commercial for two and a half years. And it's crazy. People will stop me. Just happened at a diner the other day to go, you're the guy from TV. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And she goes, I love your mom. And uh, <laughs> you know, it was a very humbling experience. She didn't know my name, but she knew my mom's name. She said, tell Cindy, I said, hey. So I think the thing was <laughs> to not make it about me, to put somebody out there that better connects with my audience. And to me, that was the most creative thing we've done, at least recently. Shout out to Cindy. We, Shout out. we appreciate her. RJ, are you there or no? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> just, All right. it, just keep going. Somebody, <laughs> somebody has sabotaged me. All, All right. Oh, well, there goes CJ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, RJ. Uh go right. go ahead and uh go ahead and run it down for us. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is uh this is crazy. Listen, um, yeah. We're going to get to do part of the disruption at uh, Family Mastermind. When I was talking to Matt Andrews, I asked him, I said, hey, um, I'm going to physically assault either CJ or Eric. I know how big CJ is. How big is Eric? And then he told me he's actually not a big guy. He's actually like five foot five. So um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's adorable that he sat there and said he's a big guy. 
And then, but shout out to Eric because, you know, he let us all know that Steve really does resemble Mitch McConnell. We all just wish he would shut up like Mitch did yesterday. And then uh, I can't remember what my line was for CJ, but my most creative marketing efforts have been trash talking everyone in this industry. Uh, it's Closers Olympics week. And ever since I started doing that, it's all in good humor. It's just having fun with people. Uh, my brand really exploded. And, and people reach out and they say, hey, man, we really love how you have humor and then you have great content that's real estate related. Um, and, and it's it's worth for me. And I never thought that would be the case. So shout out to Cl Closers Olympics for allowing me to do that and giving me the idea. Um, and it's a it's just a ton of fun. That was a that was a great bit where it's like, uh, you know, they're saying, hey, let's do some trash talking. Let's let's liven this up. And so RJ and I were like, let's go. And <laughs> yep. we just went after it. And we just offended everyone else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chris was the only one that wasn't offended. He just kept talking about how he's LeBron James of, of real estate. And that's all he had. But <laughs> it's a fact. That was, it's a fact. <laughs> but that was the absolute best for the three of us. The other night, I don't think they cared for it. <laughs> Yeah, got a little, got a little dicey with uh, with some of the competitors, but let me, I want to say something real fast on the creative marketing piece. Eric actually said something that's critically important, I think, for everybody that ever sees this to understand. There's concepts called seasonal marketing, right? And so what happens is we just talked about this when we talked about house design, when we just talked about mm -hmm. hazing and thing. Eric made the point about things changing. What happens is like we've gotten to this point in society where everybody thinks everything's supposed to be the same. And everything's never supposed to adjust. And so what happens is business owners and, and people with brands and we're trying to market our businesses, you know, products, services, whatever. Here's what actually happens. Uh, you don't change how you market. You just keep marketing with the exact same messaging, with the exact same positions, with the exact same projections, posturing. But what actually happening is the customer and consumer is evolving over time. People's behaviors change. People's perspectives change. How people see and do things change but people just don't change their marketing. Shout out to all the realtors. Shout out to all the realtors who still have the exact same headshot from when they first got their license. I feel seen. And they're, and they're sitting they're sitting on Facebook. Potter's, Potter's got the picture on his business card when he had hair. And they're sitting there like, oh, what, can I get more clients? What about nah, my hair? Marketing? Curly hair. Nah, bro, it was back when I was rocking just the goatee, dude. Just the goatee. <laughs> Potter's a redhead. I don't want to put that out there. Wow. <laughs> All right, so we all know that Steve's not winning today, so we got that going for us. That's outstanding. Thanks, Mitch. We really appreciate it. Um, I will I will say, actually, from a thoughtful insight, I, you know, it pains me to say this since, you know, he talked so much crap at the beginning, but Brewer definitely nail, nailed it, and you have to know what your target audience is. You do. Like, you can't just be up there, you know, being Captain Angry Pants. Um, because that is going to intimidate uh, your customer base. So point to Brewer on this one. I am going to send it over to Mitch to go ahead and read from our sponsor today. Go ahead, Steve. Well, before I get into this, I just do want to remind everyone that I Incorrect. was a short sell expert. Wow. So I got a lot of short sell business uh, by telling everyone <laughs> I was a short sell expert. Uh, it just so happened that coincidentally behind the scenes, Matt was doing all the work. All right. The so. funny thing is, though, by short sale, Steve just meant he sold uh, houses for less money than anybody else could have got for it. <laughs> so he, that was his version of a short sale. If you list with me, I'll get you less than everybody else. And then over Guaranteed. time. Guaranteed. Yeah. Right. That was his thing. Right, and by so the way, again, if you guys are interested, anything you text did, me anything directly. You did creative, anything you did creative after... 1999 with the I'll buy your house. <laughs> if it doesn't sell, it's been around for 50 years, dude. It's not creative. Oh, it shit. made the phones ring. It made the phones ring. Anyway, so landline. if you guys are interested, landline. <laughs> if you guys are interested in being a panelist on Part of the Disruption, just send me a message on Instagram at Steve.Trang. We're looking for quality talent um, for this show. So anyway, today's PTD is brought to you by our friends at Bateman Collective. Let me tell you about these guys. These guys are money at PPC with over $62 million in revenue generated for their clients. Over the last 12 months, they are not messing around. And get this, they're aiming to generate a jaw-dropping billion dollars for their clients. Talk about ambitious. 
Plus, they take data. They take the data-driven approach, so you know they take this stuff seriously. And here's the best part: you get a free strategy consultation with them. So why not give Bateman Collective a shot and let them uh, and let them hit it big for you? So go check them out: BatemanCollective.com/ptd. That's BatemanCollective.com/ptd. Check them out. I fully endorse these guys. And again, if you guys are looking for a, sh- a shot as a panelist, just send me a message. <laughs> Steve at Disruptors.com. Yeah, me, CJ, Potter, and RJ would love to have some new talent on the show. <laughs> so, uh, hit the landline. Hit the landline. Holy and, uh, shit. Not, not going to lie. It's it's really great to have you back, Brewer. Like, yeah, we, we, we appreciate it. All right, next up, question number four. After its second week after launch, Thread's engagement has dropped 70%. How can a business turn around a drastic decline in revenue? Start us off, Burr. Um, you know, so I think the threads that we saw this with like, I can't even remember. There was a, what was the chat room? Everybody clubhouse. Would go to? Yeah. Clubhouse, right. It lasted like 30 minutes. Um, I think we've seen <clears throat> all kinds of billionaires come out of nowhere with the development of apps, tech, social media. <clears throat> so there's a lot of emphasis on like what the, the, the latest and greatest thing's going to be, who can be the innovator, to create the new Uber and make a billion dollars overnight, right? Um, the reality is, is that just because you're first doesn't mean uh, you're going to be the best. Um, they just didn't put enough thought into it. It was designed to be quick, and then all these people rushed to it. Um, there was a false sense of interest, right? Like when something new comes out, uh, like a new restaurant in town, what's everybody do? They go there, <laughs> they line up, it's a two-hour wait. But then over time, six months later, if the business just isn't built on a good foundation, it doesn't have the ability to recruit and hire and retain talent, it's going to fall back to its in, in intended level, um, which oftentimes and what we saw here was was the fact that there's nothing there. I didn't even go. I don't know what it's all about. Um, I never made it to Clubhouse, and I'm glad. Um, but that's the reality. If, you don't, if, you, if you're not built on a good foundation, you can be first, and you're just not going to be around in, in a couple of years. All right, all right. Good good insight, Brewer. We appreciate it. All right, RJ, what are your thoughts on uh, Thread's drastic user decline? Brewer's never had two points before, and as soon as he got that second point, he just decided he was ramrodding the rest of this episode. I mean, just <laughs> straight up took over. Uh, listen, when I when I worked for Pizza Hut, I was a, a assistant manager for opening a new restaurant. And what they told us was the forecast for projected weekly sales is gonna be about 15, 16,000. We opened up in the first two weeks, we did well over 30,000 um, each week. And then it leveled off and we came back down to reality, just like Eric talked about. And I think that's what we're seeing here. You know, it, it came out of nowhere. Everyone had to hit the Facebook post and the Instagram post where you took your little thread you know, screenshot and you say, Hey, come follow me over there. Cause I'm going to drop amazing insight on threads. So there was this drastic wave of people trying to get the new followers. Um, it's, it is uh, a dopamine hit that every person in, in business has to get. It's the new hot thing. I'm going over there. And then we all realized it sucks just as bad as Twitter. And so we all just gave up. <laughs> I mean, RJ is not wrong there. Like, honestly. <laughs> All right, CJ, what are your thoughts on this? I'm not going to reiterate what RJ and Eric said. I mean, I second those points. Look, let's, let's look at it maybe a different way. A different way to look at it is depending on where you're positioned, you should be on threads. All right. You know, there was a point in time where people said, hey, TikTok is just for people saying it, myself included. Hey, TikTok is just for singing, dancing, clapping your hands. Uh, but then it, it turns into something, right? And so there's something to be said about adopting early. As far as a decline in using or, or, or usage, uh, you know, these guys already spoke to that. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, but, you know, there was a point when uh, reels were hot for a second and then people kind of came off. Or, you know, so these things yo-yo, I see it more as, as a business owner, influencer. We all have products. Everybody up here has a product. Uh, you know, you want to be at some sort of position uh, where you can take advantage in an upswing and then you're insulated from a downswing because you're not uh, committed to just one social network. You're not committed to just one strategy. The long play. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I mean, CJ's not wrong, dude. I did the same thing with TikTok and like looking at it now, I'm like, damn, I really missed a boat there. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I just want to start off by saying I had a lot of concern. I thought Eric was going to say like back when I was on chat roulette. So I'm glad we didn't go in that direction. Um, <laughs> so I think when revenue goes down, you got to get surgical, right? And I think we all did this last year. You got to look at every single expense, every single line item. Like, is this giving me a positive ROI in our business? Right. And you got to look at, you know, staff, you got to look at employees, you got to look at the marketing. So I think if you're going to go and evaluate if things are going south as far as revenue goes, you've got to get surgical. You got to look at all your expenses. You got to look at line by line and figure out which one yields a positive uh, uh, return, which ones are like we're playing. We're hoping there'll be upside, but there isn't anything to show for it yet. Like let's cancel it now. Let's not do any experimental thing. Let's not put any feelers out there. Let's just focus on our bread and butter. I think RJ talks about the hedgehog concept. What are we best at right now? And let's do just that in, a, in, in when revenue is declining. And I think for, for Thread's position where they are, this is the reality of, of the hill that they have to climb now, right? To, to CJ's point, when TikTok came out, it was just a dancing app. They made improvements to it. They got more users on there that started using it in a different way. What is what is Zuckerberg going to do to make this better than than Twitter? How is he going to improve threads to get business owners like us over there and get more engagement? Because TikTok blew up because of the engagement you got. That's why business owners flocked over there. So right now, I think that's their their challenge. I mean, I thought really their perspective on, on threads, and I could be reading this entirely wrong, was they wanted to be Twitter for people that preferred restricted freedom of speech like they're going to say we are going to be what what the government wants twitter to be that was my perspective right like hey things are too toxic over here people are actually speaking their minds we cannot have this crap if we can just pull everyone over to threads now we can have you know uh censored information i thought that was really the perspective and in, 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 uh intent I, think, but I could be reading this entirely wrong. I think sometimes, man, people forget for some reason Facebook's a business. I think people sometimes think that Facebook's like uh, some like statewide social network uh, that everybody who's a citizen gets access to or something. It's a business, right? And so Threads right. is not any. It's not a, Threads isn't an independent vertical. It's a supplemental vertical in the, of the business, and so it's not even being monetized yet. So as a business owner myself, if I'm building, as I have many times, if I'm building a supplemental vertical in my business, it's really going out one to test it, one to see what the usage of it is. And then once you can stabilize that, then you can create monetization efforts around it to then increase revenue of the overall business, which is Meta. And let's be clear, Meta, aside from Google, in my opinion, and maybe Apple, uh, those are the top three, though. Uh, data acquisition companies in the world who have a great understanding of every single person on this world that has a Facebook profile. I think the biggest challenge that Threads had, because when you know we went over there, right, to go explore it, it's like, okay, do we treat this like Twitter, right? And then you know, uh, I, I went and took a lot of my video content that went viral, and I transcribed it so that it'd be like a tweet, right? Because that's how you do it on Twitter. That was an abysmal failure. People preferred video on Threads. But if they prefer video and images on threads, right, because they came from our Instagram followers, then what's the difference between Instagram and threads? There is no difference. So I think there's still a little bit of a what the hell is this and how do I use it? Well, like the, the thing is, right, is like threads doesn't have a core audience. Everybody that landed at threads came from somewhere else. So the reason they like videos because they probably came from Instagram or they came, right. you know, from from TikTok and they, they went over there to go, oh, this isn't for me or whatever. Right. So like over time, there was this influx of people that went because of what's new. The engagement that they have right now, um, they need to focus on retaining, figure out why the other people left and if they want them back. And then to CJ's point, once it becomes predictable and sustainable, whether it's a, a, a fraction of the people that went there. Um, or it's double what it was when it started, as long as they can forecast what that engagement will look like, probably over the course of a quarter or a year, they can start to, to sell advertising, which is how they're probably going to make their money and say, hey, this core group of people that don't like freedom of speech, potentially, if that's what it is, live here. <laughs> who? What products do they buy? Right. 
Adidas shell tops and baby blue, whatever it might be, uh, like Steve, you know, wears. They can sell that stuff there, and and people will pay a premium to advertise. How does Brewer have three points? When he- uh, because he got one for his intro because it was that brutal. We're calling him Brutal Brewer from now on. I awarded one in the in the intro. Please pay attention. Your camera was off at that time, though, so maybe you just didn't see that. Stop maybe um, exercise a little bit more ownership. Oh, there goes C. There goes CJ. Yeah. That's a point for RJ. <laughs> point for RJ. CJ's gone. Um, on that round, just because he's absolutely undefeated when it comes to freedom of speech, I'm gonna give that one to Steve. I, I appreciate it. You know, calling call uh, calling threads that. I will say, yes, there's always fluctuations in business. It goes up, it goes down. I think one of the other things to consider, they had what, like, what was it, like a million followers or a million users in under eight hours? So even if you're at 30% of that, what is that, 300,000 people are still actively using the app? I'm pretty sure all of us would be pretty happy if we had 300,000 people in our network, uh, you know, talking and communicating and giving shout outs. So just some food for thought. Um, next up we have question number five. I love this one. I do love this one. I've been waiting for this one the whole show. RJ, I better get something good out of you on this one, man. (laughs) With CJ and Steve judging this week's 2023 closers Olympics, who do you see finishing second and third behind RJ at the closers Olympics? Start us off, Steve. I think there's some assumptive. (laughs) <laughs> statements inside that question um rj's pretty good at closing for him the i don't know if he's gonna get number one i mean look, if you look at the the uh, the flyers right elijah's in the front so i would say elijah's already the favorite even though he's been called the underdog i said probably elijah's the favorite um trying to figure out who everyone else is honestly i'm really really <laughs> ignorant Right, as far as I don't, I don't consume other people's content. Damn, uh, so brutal. Uh, uh, I was, I would say Elijah, real is probably the favorite. Real brokerage, and then, and then Keith is rock solid. Um, those are the only three closers I'm paying attention to. I would say Max actually, he's he's been putting in the work, right, with Closers Lab. I mean, he is he saw what worked for RJ last year. Right when RJ was fortunate you know, to get like a slam dunk on a, on a layup, um, <laughs> he saw what RJ did to win last year, and he's been doing the same thing this year. So, could be Max. Absolutely brutal. We we love it, Steve. Good good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Brewer. What about you? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I love RJ's confidence, right? And I think in the mental aspect, he's already won. He's literally just bullied all these other people, right? I watched the odds he put up from Vegas and then that wasn't <laughs> enough. He just had to like continue to, to, to like step on their neck in the comments. Um, <laughs> and then I saw like whole posts by some of these other guys where they were making like live videos to talk crap on each other. So he's, he's already won the mental aspect, right? He's got like a, a, a fight amongst everybody else. Um, the reality is nobody cares who comes in second or third. Ooh. Nobody will remember them. The only the only people that remember who came in second is the guy that came in third, fourth, and fifth, right? <laughs> so, we, the the fact that we're even focusing on who's going to come in second or third um, is a little bit embarrassing to me. Um, shout out to RJ. I have all the confidence in the world that he'll repeat. He's already won uh, mentally. He's 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 bulldozing these people out of there. All he has to do is continue to show up but nobody really cares who comes in second or third and they'll definitely never be remembered. (laughs) Absolute shout out to RJ for his brutal, brutal social media posts. They've been amazing to watch. They've been great. All right, RJ, what are your thoughts? Who's second and third behind you? (laughs) Eric just made Max and Munif cry while they're watching (laughs) us up hard. No one knows us. <laughs> I finished third. I, it should have been second. Um, nah, I mean, r- really, I, I think it's going to be one of the the two qualifiers. Uh, you know, there's six of them, and then three will make it out. Uh, I'm going to pick Scotty B and Kendall. Um, not well known, like you said, but they're both. I've watched them close. They're they're really good. 
The only downside to the people that are coming out of the qualifiers is, is that uh, they go last on Saturday. So there's a chance that they could be calling people as they're going out for their Saturday night dinner. Like, hey, can I can I buy your ten thousand dollars shit box? And they're like, yeah, on Monday. Okay, click. Uh, that's going to be the hurdle that they have to overcome. If the qualifiers don't get good leads, uh, then I'm going to take it to uh, Max and Elijah. I think those are the two most skilled closers uh, to come behind me. Deep insight from from the Closer Olympic shit-talking champion over there. He's already in the Shout mental space. Box. Shout out Shipbox. Shout out to the Shipbox. Yeah, Let's go. 10K, multiple offers. Let's go. I mean... I'm going to say RJ is the Netflix, right? <laughs> there you of go. Closers. The Netflix is clo of closing, baby. <laughs> he, went all, he went all Dylan over, all, over there at Netflix. Uh, there we go. Hey, I wasn't sure if you were here, CJ. I just see a question mark hanging out on your screen, bro. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I, when, I, <laughs> when I did watch it last year, right, uh, you know, I said to myself, I'm like, look, this guy's style is really built for how the closers Olympic structure is set up, uh, you know, and, and uh, his, his awareness level when talking to somebody and recognizing if it's an opportunity or if it's a follow up and you need to get off the phone, I think is really good. And I think that speaks to his level of experience of actually closing a lot of deals. Uh, I think Elijah is a sleeper. Elijah, you know, I've heard Elijah on the phones a lot. Elijah's really good on the phones. Uh, he's kind of got some like alter ego that he goes into when he actually gets on the phones and is talking to sellers. He's a beast. Uh, I'm curious to see what Keith does this year. Uh, Keith's my guy. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he hasn't got a great shake in the last couple of years uh, to really showcase how he can utilize the, the framing or the parameters of the event uh, to have a good showing. Uh, so I think it's going to be hard to topple RJ. Uh, I'm looking forward to RJ getting beat because, uh, you know, sometimes we all have, we, you know, a need for humbling experiences in life uh, and maybe time for RJ to have one uh, when it yeah. comes to closest Olympics. Go ahead. He's going to be, he's going to be a legend, not a lady. So it, now if, he win, if he wins, if he wins two in a row, what I am excited for, this is what I am excited for. If RJ does win a second one in a row, which I think he's fully capable of doing, uh, I, I would be happy as knowing him personally, and I'd be very excited for that to happen for him because uh, I think the work that he's put in for his brand, his consistency, uh, you know, I'm joking about the 50 day thing. I mean, I mean, that's not some shit I'm going to go do. Right. So, so <laughs> shout out to him. Uh, I got other stuff to do. Right? I, don't, I can't do that. So, so he's, he's put in a level of effort and I'm a firm believer that levels of effort always will get rewards uh, and his brand and his, his, his exposure, I think, deserves that as a result. So shout out to RJ. Uh, How crazy you. is it that Crest opened with? I'm going to give a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, my, my internet cut out for a second. I didn't know how much I missed. So I used my 45 before, seconds. That was I used my two-minute answer as well. Play. Real quick, yeah. Steve, you're judging on Saturday. And CJ, you're in the finals, right? Yeah. So that means that Elijah and Keith, automatically he said CJ is a better closer than Steve. Just keep that in mind on Saturday, Steve. <laughs> That's fine. I'll live with it. I'm not I'm not in this year's competition, right? I don't have to be second or third best closer or best judge. Not worried about it, right? I just there gotta make go. sure that RJ gets six points. I'm just saying you hold that prejudice against them when you're giving them their scores. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's getting negative points. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right so for that round um gonna gonna give that one up to uh to rj uh i am mainly because you've like bullied the entire closers olympics into already believing that they're not gonna win and that 
That is amazing. That's an amazing feat, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. It is. like, And then you got other people that are sitting there trying to make posts like you are where they're trying to talk shit on RJ, and you're just over here laughing, eating hush puppies, and just being like, nah, fam. Actually, Potter, on that note, there was one moment. It was the most proud moment in all three years I've ever had in the Closers Olympics. When they asked Jerry Norton who he thought was going to win, he said, are we including RJ in this conversation or are we just going to go ahead and say he's the winner and who's fighting for a second? That was my (laughs) most proud moment right there. Thank you, Jerry. (laughs) All right. We have question number six coming up. This one is, how do you feel about Elon Musk rebranding Twitter to X? Go ahead and start us off, RJ. I have no feelings about this whatsoever. I mean, listen, right now, the the cockfight that Elon and Zuckerberg are in, I mean, I could care less about it. I'm going to use both of their platforms. I don't care if you call it Twitter or X. It, it just is irrelevant to me. It's just a, a means for an end for, for us to use to try to build our businesses, like CJ said. And uh, I'll continue to use both of their platforms. So keep rebranding and coming up with new ideas. We appreciate it, boys. Might have been one of the greatest answers of all time. I give no shits. <laughs> all right, CJ, what are your thoughts? I, I remember a time where everybody on this panel besides myself was calling Elon Musk a genius, uh, in, in which which he may be, right? I think the, to- the problem is those of us that contain genius or, or people who have it uh, think that it applies universally to anything that you do. Uh, and I think Elon Musk is showing uh, in real time uh, that his genius doesn't extend to running Twitter effectively and increasing the revenue of the business to make it a better business because it's a publicly traded company at the end of the day. Uh, so, you know, uh, do change the name. You know, who gives a shit? Um, I don't even use Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, I don't think I've used it since 2012. Um, so, uh, you know. Who, who, who knows, man? But Elon's just not as smart as everybody thinks he is. That's all. That's outstanding. I haven't been on Twitter either since like 2010. I think we ran it for like short sales for a hot minute and then was like, all right, this is dumb. <laughs> all right, Steve, what are your thoughts? Uh, before we go to me, can we have Eric go? I know he's got to get going. Yeah. Hey, Brewer. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I mean, uh, to RJ's point, I, I could care less. It has zero impact on me. Uh, seems a little weird, like just X. I, I don't. I mean, is it like demonic or like cryptic or what does that even mean? Right. It's. I guess it's super hard to get some type of interpretation out of X. But I, I do trust people that are smarter than me. Right. Like, uh, we may look back on this five years from now, and X will be the greatest thing ever. Uh, I kind of doubt it, um, but uh, I have zero feelings about it. Uh, Might have been the first, possibly second time I even heard it was today that's how little attention i'll pay to it but uh i wish him the best you know um, i hope it all works out for him i have i have no interest in, in it failing it's not going to benefit me at all and if it takes off i guess we could all learn a lesson from it absolutely thank you for being with us today brewer we know you gotta you gotta cut out we appreciate it it went too <laughs> well i mean you know hey maybe i throw like a five point up after yeah, early. I don't easy, know. Who knows? Easy. That'll be <laughs> disputed. All right. All right, bro. All right, Steve. What are what are your thoughts on this? Uh I don't think it's a good idea. Uh I he, Twitter already has a brand. Now granted it's a tainted brand, but it's got a brand, right? People know it. Uh people are aware of it. They flock to it. They got the bluebird, this and that. Uh I, I do think that Elon is a genius and I think he'll he'll make things work, but I do think this is a misstep. Right. But as far as, you know, what he's done for Twitter, like they let go of like 90 percent of the people there. They cut their overhead drastically and the revenue hasn't gone down. Right. Like the revenue went down when he bought it. Right. There was uh, all these corporations like I don't stand behind, you know, freedom of speech. Um, So their revenue has gone down, but it hasn't gone down any further since he bought it. And he cut overhead by like 90 percent. So I think he's doing a lot of the right things. But x.com i mean that kind of goes back to what when he started paypal uh many many years ago we partnered with peter thiel right x was the name of that company so he's paying homage to x and he's got a tesla model x so he's paying homage to that but i think it's a misstep i don't i don't see how this is in line with with rebranding twitter or getting us to mars 
I just don't understand the timing of it and and the purpose behind it. I guess is is it just to kind of put his stamp on it, like, hey, we're rebranding it; it's under a new regime now. That's why he's doing it. Could be just letting everyone know is that that banner change of ownership, new ownership. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I'd love to find I mean, out more. He could go with like TwitX or something, you know, kind of keep the best of both worlds. I don't know. I Just mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel the same way about this new ownership with the Washington Commanders. You know, it's like we just went through this whole thing in the NFL, and now they're like, hey, we need to wipe out the whole previous ownership. We need to change the name again. And it's like, guys. Well, the Commander's name was offensive. So we got to, we got to, we're trying to completely leave the Snyder era, man. All right. <laughs> Sorry. We, for you. Yeah, completely. We, We're trying right, to get Chris, away from that. Chris sounds traumatized. Do we do we need to talk about this some more? Man, we got to, you know, I, listen. We're excited about new ownership, and we look, for, we look forward to a reasonable name change as fans as well. Can't be worse than the, than, than the Cowboys. I, do, I mean, look at our – if you've seen our mascot, uh, you no, know, they not. gave us – What the hell? <laughs> What, what would uh, your yeah. thoughts be, CJ, if they went back to the Redskins? I think it's a bad PR move. I mean, that was a nightmare. You know, I think we, you know, it goes to what we've been talking about today, man. You know, like I turned 37 on Monday, right? And, and I don't feel like I'm about to be 37 on Monday. I think we all have this nostalgic attachment to the past as we age. Uh, and so we have that nostalgic attachment to the Redskins, right? And, and what that era felt like, what that was. But but time evolves. If, if everything was to stay the same as it used to be, uh, would we even be happy with that? You know, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think that uh, it deserves a name change. I think it makes sense. Uh, I just think the Commanders is just kind of, you know, boring. kind of sucks. All right. It just kind of sucks. It's one of the worst names you could ever have. <laughs> It, it really is just awful. It's, it's terrible. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's a terrible rebrand. So is X, for that matter. Like, honestly, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, that was dumb. All right. Yeah. And kind of similar to you guys, it's like I never gave another thought to it after that. It was like, whatever. All right, fine. It's your company. You paid $41 billion for it. Knock yourself out. So on that round. Short sell it. Exactly, dude. I'm I'm here. I'm here for it. I do love the fact he fired off 80% of the people that work there and has kept revenue the same, though. That is an epic move. Um, <clears throat> all right. So on this round, I mean, dude, you guys all effectively hit the nail on the head. I'm going to give everybody a point, except for Brewer, because he's not here, so he ain't even going to know. Um, but on an unrelated note, Brewer was our winner today, um, you know, only because of that epic intro, I think that should tell everybody that your intro game next week should be extremely high. I'm looking at all of you. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us today. Um, we had fun, as always. And want to go ahead and give everybody a chance to say bye. Brewer, see you later. All right, next up, CJ, say bye to the people. Bye to the people. All right, uh, much love. Close the Olympics weekend. RJ, best of luck. Uh, do your thing, man. I'm excited to see it. Uh, Steve, it's good to see you as well. EB, uh, I, I can imagine EB is in his next meeting with uh, one AirPod in, still listening. All right, so EB, uh, good <laughs> win today. All right, uh, Potter, always a pleasure to see you, man. Uh, much love to everybody. Peace. Absolutely, absolutely. Steve, say bye to the people. Uh, great show again, as always. Uh, we are looking for a new panelist, so if you guys are still interested. Um, and then uh, we got Closest Olympics, right? It's, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I think Monday, right? Uh, so I'll be judging Saturday. Uh, if you want to hear uh, very critical, thought-provoking judging, highly encourage you guys to check it out on Saturday. If you want to hear how bad RJ is, highly recommend you check it out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, or at least for me. Um, good luck, RJ. I don't see how you get more than five points right now, but I wish <laughs> you the best of luck on Saturday, and good luck in closest Olympics. Jesus. <clears throat> well, looks like RJ's got an uphill battle. Uh, he's been talking shit to everybody. Judges, Including contestants. The judges. <laughs> <laughs> like he's He hasn't quite figured that part out of don't talk shit to the judges just yet. RJ, 
Go ahead and say bye to the people and talk to us. See, Potter, that's what you don't understand. Uh, <laughs> that's why you don't sit with a bunch of fake wrestling belts behind you. <laughs> See, I, I talked shit in 2021, and they gave me the belt, and so I'm going to keep it up. I mean, I don't know how Steve and CJ are supposed to judge me on Saturday and Sunday, considering I'm a better closer than both of them. They've never won a closing competition, so I – Hey, listen, half the judges have lost in previous closers Olympics, so it should be interesting. Uh, but no, it is going to be four days of a lot of great content. It's only like $99. Go get your tickets. Um, and the, the last day, um, I know it's a company we all use, Investor Lift. Um, they're going to be doing a live dispositions day that's new to the closers Olympics. I'm personally looking forward to watching that myself. Uh, Robert Winsley, I think, is going to get on there himself and dispose some deals. He says he's done deals in less than 30 minutes. That blows my mind, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you if you do show up, drop me a comment in the chat so I know you're there, and uh, appreciate all the support this weekend. What's up, awesome. boy? <laughs> <laughs> dude, 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 I don't know if you're going to get past Steve, bro. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I, I don't know if you are. Um, to our <laughs> audience, no way, yeah. <laughs> to our audience, thank you for tuning in for watching us on YouTube. Uh, we hope that you had as much fun watching it uh, this show as we had, uh, you know, chopping it up. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.